Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pistolka, and I am excited today because I've got Andy Cooper here with me today from Global E-Commerce Experts. We're going to be talking about expanding into foreign markets. Andy, welcome. Welcome, Damon. Thank you. Great to see you again. Uh, thanks for having me, and yeah. uh, thanks for all your wonderful listeners in advance. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about this, and I want to say thank you first of all because you're you're coming you're coming to us from the UK. It's late in the evening there, and I say thanks for that first of all. No and uh, and we're we're gonna we're gonna dive into what you guys are doing there at Global E-Commerce Experts every day, and that's helping e-commerce companies go into uh, markets and specifically with you guys. And I think it's specific. It's of interest for my listeners is us based companies that want to go into the EU and the UK. So yeah, awesome stuff. Now just talk a little bit about that because we, we were on, before we were on today, you said that business is brisk and into the Q4 so far. And it's, yeah. it's, um, it sometimes slows down a little bit, but when when you're, what are some of the initial questions? Well, first of all, let's back up a little bit because I always like to. I'm, I'm getting down the road because I'm excited of what we're going to talk <laughs> about. Today. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about your background, Andy, and kind of how how you got into helping companies do this, and then how you you fit in with global e-commerce experts, and and what's fun yeah, about sure. that for you. Yeah, great. Um, Andy Cooper, Head of Sales and Marketing at Global E-Commerce Experts, GE uh, for short. Um, I've been involved in e-commerce now for a number of years. Um, GE's been around for about six years now. And we've helped circa 2,500 clients expand into the UK and Europe. Um, predominantly, as you meant, quite rightly mentioned earlier, Damon, most of them are US businesses and brands. Um, it just seems to be naturally where where it's sort of gone. I think it's because the UK and EU typically follow US trends, buying habits, you know, product categories. Um, you know, we like to we like to know what uh, we're all up to over there. I think it's just an easy transition to to make. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we've we've helped multiple brands, uh, and we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on on the, the service offerings later. But yeah, we we can offer multiple services, so it just helps that transition and knowledge and experience in terms of getting into those UK and EU markets. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is interesting because I know there are a lot of e-commerce companies out there in the US that are that are sitting here now going, man, we're just beating our head against the wall trying to grow our our sales in the in the US or in North America. Um, and they're really looking at other places where they can sell. So what are some of the things that that you've seen as beneficial for companies that have moved in there is like 
less competition, better advertising. What are some of the things that you see that people are telling you typically when they move in? I think the biggest the biggest win for a US brand going to UK and Europe, and we'll start with the UK. So making that transition from selling in the US to the UK is really straightforward for the obvious reasons, such as English speaking predominantly, um, the packaging requirements are very similar. Okay. Um, you, you, you need to make very few changes to your packaging. You know, we, we understand, um, you know, the, the buying habits and stuff like I mentioned earlier. And actually entering into the UK from that respect is relatively straightforward once you've got your VAT, your business compliance done. So I just think it's the it's the obvious step because it's more, most familiar and that makes it less arduous, you know, mm-hmm. especially when you've got some support. And then the next step of the side step of that is into the EU, which whilst you're then dealing with lots of translations and people from different cultures, um, it's it's next door. And despite our split from Brexit, you know, which well, let's not talk about that because we, we will be on it yeah. forever. But um, our split from Brexit obviously had some complications. What it what it um, didn't interrupt was the way in which we um, can do to, can do business in terms of like a compliance and regulatory perspective. So actually, although it seems quite daunting, it's a you know a relatively straightforward process once you've made that step in the UK. So I think in direct answer to your question is it's just familiar. Yeah, yeah. So you you mentioned a couple things uh, that that people may feel on on uncomfortable don't know about like um the vat and some of the business compliance things what are what are some of the the things that people bring up that they go wow i didn't really um think about this and this is a lot different than in the u.s or or what are some of the differences and similarities i guess that that people talk about yeah, I mean, I suppose the the obvious ones when you're talking about compliance on VAT are um, the VAT versus sales tax. Yeah, uh, and essentially the same thing. We just do it do it in slightly different ways. So um, that's often a question which gets raised about what does that look like for when I'm selling a product. You know, uh, am I where in the US I'm selling it for thirty dollars, and although it's not going to you know, um, transition over exactly to that. But if I sell it in the UK for thirty pound, is is that the same? And and the answer is no, it's not because obviously in the US you've got your sales tax to go on top of that, um, pay by consumer. And then you've got in the UK where VAT is taken out from your sales price. So that's a it's a okay. um, you know it's a conversation that we we have on every occasion actually. And then the second part to that is the product and label compliance where. The, you know, it's it's not too dissimilar to what a brand would experience in the US, but it's the assumption that it's going to be, that it's going to cause complications and you're going to have to relabel all of your stock or you're going to have to, you know, get in contact with your manufacturer and have different labeling for all of your products. And then you've got to split your stock and you have some shift. And, and, and it, I can just, you know, when you think about it, that's obvious. And, and you sort of think, well, that, that is what's going to happen. But the reality is it isn't. And once you're over those first hurdles of the ability to sell your goods, it's relatively uh, straightforward process. 
Yeah, so that you bring up the first one, it seems like the the VA the VAT the VAT tax is you just have to account for it. it's a little different way of accounting. You know, it's not added on the top. You need to include it. It's so if you normally sell it 30, you might sell it at 35 or whatever the percentage that you want to add on top. So it comes yeah. off that way. That's fairly simple. Mm-hmm. And then do you find in when you're talking about label compliance? Uh, that it's more that we might just modify our label slightly so it's good in the UK and in the US and go. Is that what they do more than anything? Absolutely that. Yeah. Yeah. Or adds, you know, an additional sticker to the stock. <clears throat> and, yeah. quite, and commonly that's done, excuse me, <coughs> that's done on the inbound. Yep. So that's another way of then keeping your stock exactly the same for multi um, regions. And then yeah. just paying a, a you know a small fee or whatever yeah. down when it reaches its destination. Yeah. Now that's that's a good point because do people are people using that like when you're going to go? I can send my U.S. based labeled product into the U.K. and just sticker it to, to be in the U.K. Do they do that as well when they need to translate the labels? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there's there's a few common ways of doing it, which is uh, by a peel and reveal label, which, which we may be familiar with. It sort of consultinas yep. out from a normal sticker. Um, if you've got the ability to have an insert in your box for your packaging, uh, another great way, or just a simple over sticker. Depends on the amount of information that needs to be translated yeah. and yeah. on the size of the product, of course. Yeah, you, know, you can just simply put a label over it. And you know, there's a couple of things to that, which which um, from a commercial perspective, you know, brands um, think about and need to understand is the aesthetics of it. You know, yeah. your product, if you've got a, a nice, shiny, black gloss bottle and yeah. that's your branding and then you're going to stick a plain white sticker on it, it's yeah. probably not. Not so good. No, exactly. But, I mean, they're all things which, you know, are, are relatively um, easy to overcome. Just yeah. a little bit of extra planning. Yeah. Yeah. Now the the other thing that I was thinking about when we when we move into the into the UK or the EU, um, expected delivery times. I mean, do we if if I'm going into the UK, I pretty much I have to have inventory in the UK setting there ready to go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely preferred route. Um, I, I suppose what you're getting out there, Damon, is a uh, if we're going into FBA as an example, yeah, um, one of the one of the restrictions we have, particularly in the UK, is storage limitations within Amazon because we're only small. And I know yeah. that's everywhere in Amazon, but you can almost sort of condense that down quite quite a lot because of just the pure size of the UK. So it's absolutely recommended that you have you have a three PL to be able to yeah send in more stock and then and then drip feed that into amazon and or open up other marketplaces because of course that's going to give the ability to do that then because you can fulfill directly from from the, your, your choice of 3pl um, yeah so yeah i mean you're going a long way you know if you're if your goods are manufactured well wherever they're coming from whether it's the us or china or if they're coming a long way and so of course you want to be able to send as much as you can you know your business can afford to send in yeah um to maximize your return, yeah. Yeah, you definitely are going to want to pull the container loads in and, and that kind of thing. And it's, um, and are the, are the, um, 
speed to the customer demand similar in the UK and the EU that as they are in the US where it, you know they want to get it the next day or two days after kind of thing? Yeah, that's a, that's a absolutely. Uh, yeah, and that is definitely the case. UK is slightly easier because 24-hour delivery is pretty standard unless you're in the Highlands somewhere. Um, okay. You know, that it's, it's generally achievable. But, of course, when you go to the EU, in some cases, it's like crossing state borders. Yeah. Um, so your delivery times, you know, become more difficult. But typically, you get 48-hour delivery throughout Europe uh, in, in, in most cases. Cool. Yeah, the demand and the requirement and, you know, people's expectations. Yeah, yeah. Are no doubt no different to, to anywhere else to the U.S. in terms of, I want it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so as, as you're doing this, you guys have, you guys have, you're helping people with compliance, the 3PL, growth management, and some other things like that. Where do you see the hardest part is for us based sellers is it is it the customer service piece is it advertising where do you really see that they they struggle the most when they move there outside of i've got my product there it's listed we're ready to go um i would say yeah once they're there i think the the most difficult part is probably the management of the whole process the management of the logistical side of it the management of you know, the stock, because it's not anywhere close to where they're used to, generally, if they're only in the US, used to dealing with it. So trust is everything. And I think, you know, being able to, whatever service provider you choose to use in any one of the service offerings, I think it's really, really important that if, if you've got the opportunity to visit them, go and see yeah. and, and live and breathe it for a little bit, fantastic. That's not available to everyone, I totally understand. But, you know, having the opportunity to speak and spend time with how the systems work, you know, what that looks like for you. So not just, you know, we've got a fantastic, in, you know, warehouse management software that will give you this and tell you that. And you'll be able to pull a report for this, that and the other. OK, it's all great. But what's that look like for the person who's trying to deal with it thousands yeah. of miles away? Um, so, yeah, I mean, trust, I think, is probably the... Um, you know, the, the most common sort of um, we have. And, and it's, it's you know, not, not all of the time are people clear about that because it's not something that you often want to admit. But um, probably the biggest thing, biggest fear is not being out of control exactly what's going on and putting your faith in in somebody else. And, and, and it's funny because, like, if you're coming from an Amazon background, yeah. That's sort of always been the case. You've always put your trust in Amazon, given them a load of stock, yeah. uh, and and ho and they'll look after it and, and babysit and send out to the client. And of course, doing the same thing anywhere in the world of Amazon is generally going to be the same. I think yeah. it's when they go outside of that and then start exploring, you know, other three PLs or different logistical partners or you know different customs agents, you know, different, um, you know. Um, shipping routes or whatever it may be. And it mm -hmm. is, yeah, probably the biggest challenge. Yeah. So get going out, like you make a good point. You know, it's like, it's like a McDonald's. You can go to McDonald's anywhere in the world or a Starbucks and you get pretty much the same, the yeah, same sure. product walking, walking out the door and, and Amazon gives e-commerce sellers that. So there is a bit of learning curve. 
to to working with a 3PL or or moving into those right. those areas there. It is interesting too that and you make a great point about the fact in the UK and even in 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 the EU too and uh, is that the 3PLs are almost necessary because mm-hmm. here in the US we have the massive Amazon facilities that they can hold yeah. a lot of inventory and even they're they're cutting back some but we still uh, find that there's a lot of companies that's how they operate they don't have a lot of 3pl facilities they have a lot of stock at amazon and yeah. in the uk or the the eu if that's different that's something coming there that we need to know as amazon or as uh, e-commerce sellers is especially if you're doing fba amazon yeah. that um you know a 3pl is is going to be needed not just a nice to kind absolutely of thing. Um, yeah. and i think we're, we're we're quite blessed actually in um, in terms of our free PL um, opportunities within the UK. So I think, you know, for, for your listeners, anyone looking to expand, there's lots of great free PL, you know, um, totally built for e-commerce fulfillment partners. Really? Um, that Yeah. So I think, you know, it's, it's a good opportunity if you are, then yes, you need one. You're absolutely right. Um, unless you're really fortunate with Amazon and, and the amount of stock you can hold. Uh, but yeah, research. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's for sure. So as you're as you're looking at this and you're helping people come in, they're they're seeing the product move. Um, what are some of the benefits you really see? Are they are they when when you're talking to U.S. based suppliers, are they seeing mm-hmm. different demands? So they go, okay, this is kind of cool, and my product line in the U.S. I sell these three products. They're my best sellers in the U.S., but in the U.K. and the EU, I've got these other six items that that sell a lot. But are you seeing that they're selling a fair amount of different things, or is it kind of popular as popular? That that's a really good question. Um, so, so when we're speaking to clients, we 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 offer um, and there's many service, service people can offer this, but a feasibility study to understand which products are going to sell best in the UK. Okay, that's um, and and I definitely recommend um, wherever people choose to get that from, then then definitely do it because it'll give you an insight into you know the, the buying habits of, of UK yep. people uh, and your products are going to sell the best. But what tends to come out of that is that the SKUs will generally be the same as the US. So it's a great starting point because if, if somebody's got a hundred different parent SKUs and they want to start off and test the water in the UK, it's unlikely that a hundred SKUs are going to be used to test that water in the UK. So it, the obvious choice clearly is to choose the top selling SKUs, send them over. Now we do tend to find that we, we have the same um, likes and dislikes as the US. So those products will generally do okay. But what does happen is when, the other stock starts to be introduced. We've then got a like for a particular product. So that's a subsequently the other SKUs that might not have done so well in some states start to pick up in the UK or they'll go to France and, you know, completely different buying habits to, to, to the British people. And you'll find that it will completely turn on its head and it's, um, yeah. and it'll be, a, it'll be a product that you might not have thought was going to do particularly well, but there's, you know, there's lots of, software out there that can identify uh, you know marketplace trends and um and you know there's some real obvious ones that that you know brands can use and we recommend that 
they do look at that. Um, but again, we go back to the, the word we used earlier, just research um, and, and make sure that you're, you're doing the utmost to get you the most ROI. Yeah, that's that's cool. That because you think about that, it could be a way for you to really expand the products that you're you're selling. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and in fact, you know, if you're talking about Europe, like, and we're saying that the best-selling SKUs are okay in the UK, some of your slower-moving SKUs somewhere else are likely to be your best-selling SKUs in another country. So again, it's a good way of, you know. Um, increasing your sales volume of your whole portfolio and not just yeah. focusing on, you know, on yeah and, and the feasibility study too i think would be really interesting because you could get that um you could get that feedback from the feasibility study and, and it could mm -hmm. give you some ideas where yes your popular ones will probably still be popular but if there's those those ones that are not so popular that would really help to round out your your product sales a lot uh, absolutely yeah huh huh interesting 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 because that that could be yeah that could be very very profitable for some of these companies where they go you know our product line moves really good here but it doesn't in the other part uh this part of our product line doesn't move as well so um what are some of the other things that that you think that people should really be considering if they're going to make the move outside of the US, they're gonna go into the UK, they're gonna go into Europe. Uh, you mentioned a feasibility study. I think that's paramount. Mm -hmm. um, they're probably gonna to need to look at a 3PL. What are some of the other things they need to consider as they're gonna do this? Um, your route of entry. Uh, so when we talk about the EU, so absolutely consider what your plans are for Europe. Now, um, I appreciate that's a bit of a throwaway statement because it's a bit of a if and but in some cases. But have a have a sort of a plan on where you want to be. You know, are you are you planning on doing the Pan EU program with Amazon, or are you looking to just start off in Germany because we you know we know that's the biggest um, Amazon marketplace. Is your product more tailored to um, you know a, a, a sunny country? So if, then don't send it to the UK. Um, yeah. So, you know, send it, you know, France or Spain might be the best catching um, area for you. So really do some, you know, some research into where, find out the best route for the goods to go in. So where you're going to ship them to. Uh, and and the thing about the customs clearance, um, you know, a spoiler alert here, but I'm sure everybody will know that Germany is not the best place to get the goods in. Uh, and that's, wow. you know, that's just, that's fact. That's not, not me saying it. Uh, as, as a rule of thumb, it's not the best place to get your goods into. So just seek advice on where to go, um, you know, and also your shipping terms and customs clearance is important. Uh, and, and yeah, think of a medium to long term plan and where you're going to need VAT, uh, for an, as a, you know, as an example, because some countries take months to get VAT. So if you're wanting to kickstart in Europe and you've got your German VAT, but you want to move into France very soon, take into consideration the time scale and getting everything set up for that. You're going yeah. to need translations. You're going to need VAT. You're going to you're going to need to uh, either arrange, you know, a um, Amazon DFR site uh, or maybe a three PL there. 
you know so yeah. just make sure there's plenty of planning in advance um outside of that um i think the listings uh, set up of the amazon sites and the optimization of them so we see quite commonly where um clients just duplicate listings from the us so, so simply pick it up uh, and, and put it into amazon.co.uk <clears throat> same a plus content uh similar optimization obviously all of the reviews and stuff can come across which is fantastic for a start but yeah. actually even though we we share the same you know i'll keep referring to it but share the same buying habits and likes and dislikes also we interact slightly differently so yeah keywords that are okay in the us are unlikely to to fit yeah suitable in the uk so Again, either if uh, if you're a whiz at that, which most Amazonians on me are pretty good at it, um, then do some research into that yourself. Use a software available or enlist somebody to support you with that. Get it set up. Make that small, medium investment into getting your Amazon sites optimized and your content good because that will give you the best start. Wow, that's really that is that is really something, and I think that's a that would be overlooked by a lot of people is really to, to two things in there first and we'll back up. But I think the listings and optimizations for the different countries is going to be really, really key. And even not, not just the languages, but the different buying habits, what people want to see the images that need to be, you know, the first image to see compared to first image someplace else or, or, you know, just the way that the, the listings are made. Because, yeah, if you take a U.S. listing and put it someplace else, it may not sell very well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Even down to, as you mentioned there, Damien, even down to pictures. Yeah. You know, just we, we interact with content and pictures and videos and stuff like that. And if it's not relevant or doesn't appear relevant to the type of product we're purchasing, then it's likely to turn away and that works that works anywhere you know any country yeah. you, you go into um but both ways but yeah absolutely invest some time in that but there are i mean it, it is it is it have to be advantageous to really think about that and if i can optimize my listings with graphics and text mm -hmm. and everything else that makes it feel native to the, to the country i'm selling in it's going to be i'm going to perform better 100 percent. yeah yeah now, the other thing that you said, too, uh, and I'll back up to one more thing past that, but that that time to set up time to the VAT and, and being set mm -hmm. up to sell in the different countries. And you said sometimes it's a few months. That's yeah. a that's significant. It's, and like you said, it's some take some time to plan early to get those things done because you wouldn't want to be shipping containers of product over, which, you you know, the ports will probably accept it. And, and the three yeah. PLs would probably accept it. Yeah. But if you can't sell it, you're going to sit on it. Absolutely. And then you're going to incur charges and all of the, yeah. all the hard work and the, you know, the potential profit that you've got built up in this could, could whittle away. So yeah, I can't, I can't stress more than that. Just plan, um, you know, enlist some support uh, if required. Yeah, you know, if you've got a great logisticals network and you're used to it, fantastic. If you're not so used to that, then definitely make the make some calls and and get some advice on it, uh, and just make sure that you're all set up, ready to go before you hit that hit that button on your shipment. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Because once it's moving, it's moving. Yeah, um, so uh, you talked about initial research, initial research into these different kinds of things. 
Um, are there places that you guys recommend uh, customers to go? Are there good information sources or? Well, there's the, you know, the key sort of uh, software, so Helium 10 um, is always good for that sort of data for backing mm -hmm. up or identifying uh, where, where best, where best to go. Um, Jungle Scout, you know, they're, okay. they're definitely, that's what okay. if you want to do it, do it yourself and investigate it, great. But of course you can't, you know, it's, just, it's the, I can't think of the sen off the top of my head, Damon, but you know, you've, you can't beat somebody who does it in, does it day in, day out, knows exactly what they're doing. Um, so sometimes yeah. doing it yourself is not always best is what I'm trying to say. You yeah. know? So there's, there's thousands uh, of businesses that offer similar services okay. and use similar software to uh, enable them to do it. But uh, if you're competent enough, absolutely get, get right. on there and invest some time in it. Sometimes it's just getting the initial research where you get just enough knowledge to be dangerous, and then you find the professional that's going to really help you do it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just going to that over the edge. Absolutely. That's, that's what we try to recommend with our clients is hey, if you, you know, make, get, get educated well enough to make an informed decision and mm -hmm. then let the professionals take it from there if it's, if it's something like that. Uh, because it is. I mean, you brought up so many. You you've brought up so many great great things to think about in here when we talk about the route of entry, um, time, making sure you're ready to the time to the VAT to be ready to sell in those countries before you do things. Optimizing listings, doing the feasibility studies ahead. I mean, there's as you think about, you know, I'm sitting here in the U.S. as I'm thinking about moving a product line over to the to the U.K. or the EU. It's it really is. It starts with understanding what should we be moving. And then mm -hmm. if we're going to move, get set up and figure out what that looks like for you. Not only just not only logistically, because in the US, we just often think it's well, logistically get the product there and we'll get to get it done. Yeah. So we have to get the, the rest of it set up, like you said, the 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 VAT and, and everything else, the compliance we think mm -hmm. things that we need to do and and do that. Uh, and then down to optimizing and being ready to get those listings up and have them up and ready to go and, and product ready uh, that ready to go before your product hits the floor. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it seems like when you, when you put it like that, I mean, it is, it's a process that you need to go through logically and think about, and it does seem arduous, but um, you know, th there'll be far more than people than we've dealt with, but the two and a half thousand people that we've supported expanding, yeah, um, when they get to the end of it, they're thinking actually it wasn't that bad. You know, exactly. it's like a bit of a relief from it. You know, it seems like a lot of stuff to do, but actually, in the world of e-commerce, that's forever changing. Uh, it's not like anyone's going to be not used to. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, lots of stuff changing and going on. So yeah, and you you make a good point. Once it, it it's once you go through it, you look back. Yeah, it, we didn't climb Mount Everest. It was there were some challenges on the way. The good part is once you're there, you oh, are there, and that's absolutely. that's what I really think. And looking at the the situation in the U.S. now with our economy slowing down a little bit, and you know, there's some e-commerce people that are setting on it, setting on inventory that, mm -hmm. you know, looking at other places to sell it is probably a benefit. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's what was it? Not even a couple months ago, they were talking about how the ports on the western in the west coast of the United States 
the all the storage around the ports was at record high levels and they're nearing capacity. And then you heard, um, and I think I believe this was in August, Augustish time frame. And then you heard in September and then into October about how some of the big retail chains were really starting to discount product already because they had so much product on hand yeah. they had ordered over. And, you know, so yeah. you're looking at if you're setting on product and you're not selling in the, the UK or the EU, those are two areas where you could you could potentially go into and and uh, increase your revenues and and uh, totally. get rid of some of that good product. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at the companies that typically come through your company, mm -hmm. um, give me some ideas of the kind of products. Uh, so our top five products are, again, they're not going to be of any surprise to you. Uh, <laughs> cosmetics, food supplements, food supplements probably our biggest, cosmetics, uh, the toys and games category, yeah. um, consumer electronics, uh, yeah. the obvious ones. So, yeah, we we, we don't really um, – we've got – we haven't not had anything. We've got had such a variety of products. They do tend to be slightly more generic rather than – individual niche products although mm -hmm. that's not always the case but yeah they tend to be you know stuff that is available everywhere um to my head i can't think of an example but yeah not the niche stuff is not really um coming over but yeah i mean anything that's uh you know um that follows a lot of what what that follows what's a lot of popular the popular items on on fba in the united states yeah. it really does really. and uh um interesting yeah, yeah cosmetics of food and supplements are huge huge oh yeah right. yes yes that's for sure that's for sure so what do you see on the horizon do you think that um do you see yeah just what do you see on the horizon what's interesting to you guys now what are you what are you you watching closely what are you excited for yeah i mean for a few things really we're i think we were talking just before we come on here Dan. we're not seeing any signs of new clients wanting to expand slowing down through q4 which is amazing i know we're only a month into it now but i mean that's great to see uh, and i think it's it's a good sign for them wanting to kick start their 2023 journey get mm -hmm. started now build it up through peak you know the sales are going to happen through peak um we know that's going to take care of itself with a, of course a little bit of management and tweaking so get ready for 2023. So we're excited for that. We're excited for 2023 and what that brings. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening in Europe at the moment in terms of uh, like countries to import to and France opening up their um, postponed VAT, which is now part of that. So that's quite an exciting time for getting goods into Europe for, from a cash flow perspective. So we're looking at increasing our portfolio throughout Europe. And we mentioned earlier about this is particular to GE. We mentioned earlier about the time scales of delivery throughout Europe. And I mentioned that that's typically 48 hours. But yeah. one of our one of our tasks uh, and, and visions is to be able to offer 24-hour delivery throughout Europe, which means of having <coughs> multiple warehouses in order to be able to do that. So I suppose a mini FBA, uh, as it were. Yeah. So for next year, that's that's on our on our mind. But also further afield, so supporting other other countries with with what we do here at GE uh, would be fantastic. 
Yeah, yeah. So, at a G G, do you uh, do direct to consumer shipping, or are you just going to FBA kind of locations? But you do direct to consumer as well. Both. Yeah. So you know, we Amazon clearly at most places the biggest uh, yeah. you know distributor. So that's that's a key thing moving into FBA. But yeah, we're we're completely set up for D to C fulfillment. So oh. not just on Amazon, we, we work yeah. with other marketplaces, uh, which yeah. is, you know, for, there's lots of people blinkered to Amazon, but it's a bigger world out there. Um, yeah. and yes. in the UK and Europe, it's a much bigger world from, from Amazon in a lot of cases. So yes. Yes. yeah, we D to C fulfillment is, yeah, one of our specialities. That, that brings up another point we'll go over quickly but I, I, just interesting to me so when you look at the e-commerce market the landscape in the the uk and the eu is mm -hmm. amazon a smaller portion than it is in the us overall i'll say no but okay. depending on what country you're in yes absolutely so okay. as an example the netherlands amazon is pretty non-existent there and in fact i don't even know if it's completed yet but if it's not complete it's very close their first fulfillment center in uh, in the oh, okay. So if you live there, bol.com as an example is is huge, uh, and Amazon's tiny, tiny piece in comparison. But of course, you go next door to Germany, and then Amazon is the biggest. But there's other multi, there's other marketplaces that are not too far behind. You know, even yeah. in the UK, like eBay, uh, Wish, uh, yeah. even Onbuy are, are starting to creep up the ladder there. I mean, we're still not talking Amazon size, by the way, Damon, but that's still there. They've got lots of buyers that are not Amazon buyers. So you're not pinching from somebody to, you know, to, to then satisfy another marketplace. What you're actually doing is reaching a shed load more people uh, because they don't they don't conflict. Um, so, you know, it's, it's something maybe a conversation for another day, but the omni-channel market, multi-marketplace approach is, yeah. again, really key to expansion. Yeah. Amazon, absolutely be on it. You'd be, you'd be almost mad not to. But don't just be blinkered and forward-thinking to that. Think outside the box and about where else you can sell your goods. Yeah, yeah, because as you mentioned that, I had not because we, you know, we talked a lot about Amazon, but I didn't yeah. really – that's a big point because as you can do D to C or D – or, or go to one of these or fulfill even for one of these other places like that, that don't have their own fulfillment centers. You, you're a big, you can be a big piece in that, in that Amazon or in that e-commerce chain. So, sure. yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Huh? Interesting. It's always, it's always so much fun to learn, learn about business and how business is done around the world. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So what? So you're excited about next year? Yeah. What are some of the things you would like to leave people with before we wrap up? Um, just make that transition. I think you know we we speak to a lot of a lot of people, um, and of course there's a lot of nervousness about going to another country. Mm -hmm. But you know, speak to the right people. Um, you know, we'd be delighted to have a chat, but there's speak to the right people, get the right advice and make that transition because it, it's a fruitful one. And, uh, you know, you can, you can have just as much, much success in Europe as you can in the U S. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, this has really been enlightening, Andy, because it's when you look at the uh, just the things we've talked about, a the the logistical and that that kind of thing, and then when you look at uh, the different marketplaces that can open up, and you know you could have a product that is you know a hit in another country that it could be so so in the U.S. too. I just think there's so many opportunities for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this man, thank you so much for being here today. It was uh, awesome. it's been a pleasure, Damon, and as always, great to great to see you and be on. Yes. Yes. Thanks so much. Well, I just want to thank all our listeners today and thank Andy for being here. And if you want to connect with you, Andy, where's the best way to, to get a hold of you? Yeah. So uh, LinkedIn, uh, Andrew.Cooper um, or globallycommerceexperts.com. Um, Very good. Uh, the easiest two ways. My all right. We'll, long, we'll so. drop that in the, in the comments to, to hear as well. But uh, thanks so much for being here today, Andy. Thanks for everyone listening today. Thanks for Dylan and Mike for dropping some comments. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Hang out for a minute, Andy. We'll talk. Cheers.